It's the second annual Bomb Squad Award Show. Coming at you live, 1,800 miles away from Hollywood. From the city that's famous for deep-frying Italian food. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, yes, hi, welcome to the second annual Bomb Squad Award Show. Yes, 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 that's right. We are celebrating the best of cinema in 2022. I am your host and master of ceremony, Tanner Richard Kraft, of course. Hi, I'm Jimmy Kimmel. I'm here to laugh at anything and everything. <laughs> I am Academy Award nominee Bjork. <laughs> I am Tim. The best of cinema of 2022. We have 18 categories up from 15 from last year. 18 categories celebrating the best of movies. Our awards were determined by a voting panel of most of the members of Bomb Squad plus a lot of the guests. You'll see them up here overhead. For every category, I'm going to ask these guys three questions. Number one, what do you think is going to win in each category? Number two, what do you think should win out of all the nominees? And number three, what is your overall favorite in this category, regardless if it's nominated or not? So so, with all of that explained, let's just get right into it. Starting off the same category we started last year's editions off with, Best Horror Movie. This is supposed to be a three-nominee category, but because of ties, there are five. <laughs> so the nominees for Best Horror Movie are Barbarian, The Black Phone, Nope, Pearl, and we're all going to the World's Fair. Those are our five nominees for Best Horror, so we'll start it off with Austin. Will win, should win, personal favorite. It has to be a tense battle behind the scenes between Nope and Barbarian, but for my money, I think that what will and should rightfully win out of those nominees is Nope. It's Jordan Peele's big Spielberg moment, and Gordy was even scarier than the mother was. Personal favorite of the year was Smile, because its sound design was done by an actual demon from hell. Oh, good choice. Choices. Tim, those same three questions. Um, as someone who regularly watches horror, I'm rarely scared by horror movies. I rarely find them to be truly scary. Skin Marink and The Outwaters are the two most recent examples of movies that I really did find scary. But uh, before those two movies came out, came Jordan Peele's Nope. And I'm going all in on Nope, baby. It's a great evolution in Peele's filmmaking abilities, an excellent crowd pleaser, and a genuinely goddamn scary movie. All right, all right. Joe, I'm expecting you to go against the crowd here a little bit. Honestly, Tanner, you might be surprised because if anything is going to win, I'm assuming it's going to be the biggest crowd pleaser of the bunch, which was probably nope. I mean, come on. It was fun. It was Jordan Peele's Jaws, essentially. However, in any other year, this award should be going to Ty West for Pearl, making Mia Goth the star that she absolutely deserves to be. Knocked it out of the park with that one. It's definitely not going to win, but my favorite film of this category is We're All Going to the World's Fair. It was my favorite film of the year, but I will say I'm happy to see that I got some love here. was not expecting it to be nominated whatsoever, so I'm just glad it got nominated. Back to you, Tanner. <laughs> All right, so same as last year, I actually already know what won in every category, so I'm not able to partake in the first question, but I will say my second and third answers. Uh, you're going to hear me say what I'm about to say a lot because it's the same in both categories. Nope! Nope was by far my favorite horror movie of the year. It got under my skin. It was an incredible crowd-pleasing blockbuster. It dealt with themes about family, and you know I love family stuff, and you know what? It understood a fundamental truth about humanity. Chimpanzees are fucking terrifying. 
<laughs> what won our second annual award for best horror movie? Drumroll, please. <laughs> By a massive landslide, it was Nope. Yes! Hell yeah. I'm sure, Tim, you're very happy to see that. Hell yeah. Nope is a good one. They fucking salute you, G-Jacket. <laughs> that is a fantastic take on the UFO trope. Nope is fucking dope. It, it deserved it. <laughs> Moving on to our next category. Best actor in a supporting role. The nominees are Brendan Gleeson, the Banshees of Inisharan. If punching a policeman is a sin, we may as well just pack up and go home. And self-mutilation is a sin. It's one of the biggest. Is it? Self-mutilation, so... You have me there, multiplied by five. How's the despair? It's back a bit. But you're not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to do anything about it, no. Brian Tyree Henry for Bullet Train. Close. Thomas the Tank Engine. Please, mister. This, this man, he kidnapped me and he said that he's going to hold me for ransom. I'm sorry, I get captivated by white girl tears. Bravo. Common sense tells me that this old shaky geezer here's the one in charge, but I'm really good at reading people and something tells me you are just not fucking right. Kiwa Kwan for everything, everywhere, all at once. We made a sacred promise. <laughs> what is this you want me or what? Paul Dano for The Fablemans. I came here so I could work ten times harder with ten times the responsibility which seems to have escaped everybody's Could notice. everyone settle? So I, I want to say nice You didn't home. come here to build houses. You didn't come here to work. You ran away. I think you have something to say to me, Sammy. And if I'm right about that, then get it off your chest and say it to my face. I started therapy. And Stephen Yun for Nope. But of course, the star of the sketch is Chris goddamn katana as gordy and he is undeniable okay it goes like this everyone's trying to celebrate gordy's birthday but every time gordy hears something about the jungle gordy katan goes off <laughs> and it's it's katan he's just crushing it he is a force of nature he is killing on that stage Legendary. Legendary shit. Tim, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. I think Kihui Kwan will win, and uh, he absolutely deserved it. But my vote is for Brian Tyree Henry. I think his performance in Bullet Train is, like, one of the driving forces in the movie. Just, like, seeing his whole relationship with his brother, it was just one of the, like, big emotional cores of the movie. And it was a more lighthearted departure from some of his more serious roles. But he did a great job in the movie, so uh, that's my answer. Joe V, you're up next. Three questions. All right, if last year has proven anything, 
thing. It's that it was the year of the comeback, baby. And this is one of the biggest shining examples of that year, Ki Huey Kwan, who honestly takes up all three of my spots this year. No other performance was able to outshine his in this category. Just like with America's Hearts, he's won my heart. I'm going Ki Huey Kwan all in. <laughs> Back to you, Tanner. Great pick, Austin. How about you? This is Ki Huey Kwan's year to win the statue. I mean, he came back <laughs> in a big way after 20 years gone from Hollywood, and that's how it should be. His big, impactful moments narrowly edged out Paul Dano's role as a genius cuckold. My personal <laughs> favorite's also Kwan. This is how I fight was a cool-ass line. Back to you, Tanner. Great answers, great answers. Uh, obviously, I think who should win, and my personal favorite is Kiwa Kwan in Everywhere, Everywhere, All at Once. I ramble on about his performance quite a bit in our podcast on it, but I mean, he nails three different versions of the same character, and he nails the emotional gravitas the movie provides, while also having a lot of great comedic moments, and it's just really just a demanding, commanding stage presence in the film. That character, arguably more than any of the others, needed to be nailed in order for the movie to work, and uh, Kiwa Kwan rose to the occasion and absolutely nailed it. But... What one best actor in a supporting role in our second annual Bomb Squad Award show? Uh, Drumroll, please. Oh, am I kidding? It was a landslide. Kiwak won and everything everywhere all at once won this award. And I mean by a landslide. I could combine the point totals of every other nominee and he would still win. He got 56% of all of the points in our nominations. It's insane how far ahead he is. It's a landslide! In all of the multiverses, this is the best possible version of this performance. This is how he fights, and this is how he wins. <laughs> all right, our next category coming up here is Best Sound. Once again, because of some ties, there is something interesting going on here. There should be five nominees, but instead, there are seven Ooh. nominees. And those nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, E.O., Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Nope, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Joe V, we'll start with you. I'm gonna assume that this one is gonna go to Top Gun Maverick for its incredible use of sound and its epic plane sequences. However, the use of sound in Nope hits hard. It's hard for me to top that. But the lack of sound in the Gordy sequence, the screams of the theme park goers as they get devoured has Ooh. lingered with me for a very long time since the viewing of that. And that's why it's also my favorite pick as well. Peel really knows how to utilize his sound for some genuinely scary moments. Maverick's gonna win it. Uh, nope are my personal pick and favorites. Back to you, Tanner. Alright, Austin, Sam 3? I'm gonna put my money down on Nope to win this award again, and Nope is what should win the award. Top Gun Maverick was a beautiful trip to the IMAX theater, but innovations with sound were essential to what made Nope work. Personal favorite was Smile again, because that movie actually makes you feel unsafe when you listen to it with headphones on. Austin just had one really traumatizing night watching Smile is what I'm getting out of this. I was going to say, he liked it more than I did. All right, Tim, how about you? 
Once again, I am going all in on Nope. Uh, the sound design of this film is one of the main reasons it's so scary. The periodic balloon popping in the Gordy scene, the muffled Ooh. screams of Jean Jacket's victims hovering above, Michael Wincott's 12-pack-a-day voice reciting flying purple people. <laughs> Everything about this movie sounded incredible. Great, great. Uh, so this was actually a tough one for me. I was stuck between Nope and the movie I did pick, Top Gun Maverick. Mm. Now, I know I'm getting against the grain here. I understand Nope his sound design was incredible, but just something about the way Top Gun Maverick sounds. I could genuinely close my eyes and still feel like I can follow the action sequences in that movie. The sound design is simply incredible, and I really loved it, and that's why it's my personal favorite as well. But what won our second annual uh, award for best sound in a motion picture? Drum roll, please. <laughs> By a pretty wide margin, though Top Gun Maverick gave a good run for its money, Nope is the winner. Much like last year, a single movie uh, dominated the sound category. Last year it was Dune, this year it was Nope. I like the sound of that. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on then to our first new category, Best Documentary Film. And the nominees are All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Disney Channel's theme, A History Mystery, and Fire of Love. Austin, we'll start with you. Oh, why? I haven't seen... uh, I hope all the beauty and the bloodshed wins because I've heard that it's a good movie. But if Disney Channel theme does win, it would be a unique win for, like, YouTube people. Disney Channel theme made me cry and feel inspired, and it's my personal favorite of the year because I was too busy editing the show to see other documentaries. Back to you, Tanner. (laughs) Fair enough. Tim, how about you? Um, I think Disney Channel's theme is going to win, and uh, it would be well-deserved. I really do admire Perger's work, and I think this was a very meaningful piece. But my favorite documentary 2022 was Fire of Love, a film that showcased the budding love story between two volcanologists whose dedicated work saved lives. Rest in peace, Katya and Maurice Kraft. Back to you, Tanner. All great answers. Joe, how about you? So admittedly, I've not seen any of these docs. I'm going to assume Disney Channel theme is going to win, <laughs> and that's just going to be my personal pick for it because everyone here seems to have loved it that saw it. Also, YouTubers support YouTubers, Defunct Land Rules. My personal favorite documentary, though, that did not get nominated has to be uh, the Netflix doc, Inside the Mind of a Cat, but that's just because Aww. cats are cute. I'm a cat owner. I'm biased. So, yeah. Back to you, Tanner. My heart. Fair. All right. Well, for me, the answer is going to be the same. Disney Channel theme, A History Mystery, was my favorite documentary of the year and one of my favorite in years, really. It's such a rewatchable documentary. I have seen it four times when I very rarely see a documentary more than twice, and it's only been out for less than half a year. It's very emotional. It's very moving. It's just such... It feels paced like a blockbuster. The editing of the film is truly just exceptional in a big way, but... What won our first ever award for best documentary film? Can I get a drum roll? It was by far the closest race we had, but by a single point, the winner is Disney Channel's theme, A History Mystery. Good job, Kevin. As a YouTuber who directed his first technically feature-length documentary last year, this is a vindicating win for me. Uh, Shows that there's hope for the future. New media, baby. All right, in that case, our next category is going to be Best Score, another new one. And the nominees are Babylon, The Batman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, and Nope. Tim, we'll start with you. 
Uh, think will win. Babylon. Think should win. Nope. But my favorite score of 2022 is from the St. Louis Indie Horror feature, The Man in Room 6. And ah. I put this one down on my ballot a few times since I worked on it, but I really do love the score. It's really a style of music that speaks to my personal musical sensibilities. Uh, shout out to the composers, Jeremy Flower and Carla Kilstead. I absolutely love getting to use your music in my documentary that I made for the film. Great music. Back to you, Tanner. All right, all great answers. Joe V, how about you? Hit it, Johnny, is what we should be saying, because how can the Fablemans not take this award? The king of film scores cranked out his best and most intimate score in years. It deserves all the praises it's been getting, and it deserves the award. That being said, the Batman had arguably the most memorable piece of score written for a film in a while for me with that theme, and it stayed with me ever since. So that's my want to win and my personal favorite of the year. Insert Babylon score sounds like Crash Bandicoot music joke here. Back to you, Tanner. <laughs> all right, all fair, fair answers. Austin, how about you? I think this one might be going to everything, everywhere, all at once because Sun Mux did some incredible work pulling on people's heartstrings with stuff like This Is a Life. I think Babylon deserves this award, though, because Voodoo Mama gets stuck in my head like a virus every time I pull Babylon up in the premiere monitor, even more than the Batman motif, and that was bad enough already. Babylon <laughs> was my personal personal favorite score of the year. It's like imitation boogie nights with jazz music in the place of the 70s radio hits. Okay, great answers, and I agree. Voodoo Mama makes me want to get up and shake my ass, uh, which is why my pick for personal favorite and my favorite out of the nominees is, in fact, Babylon. Justin Hurwitz is a brilliant composer, and this is just another piece of fantastic work from him. Even in the movies of uh, Chazelle's I'm Not Too Hot On, like La La Land and First Man, I find Hurwitz's work to be exceptional, and personally, this is my favorite work of his. But... What won our first ever award for best score? Drumroll. And the winner is the Batman. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The Batman won. What do you think of that one, fellas? Something's in the way. (laughs) Something's in my ass. We got it right this time because, fun fact, the Batman score was actually deemed ineligible at the Oscars. Boo. So we got it right here, fellas, I'd say. All right. Moving on to our next category, best animated movie. And the nominees are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Puss in Boots' The Last Wish, and Turning Red. Joe V, as the foremost expert of animation in the group, of course, we're going to start with you. Man, animation was so good this year that I wish that there were five noms instead of three, and I'd be 100% okay with Beavis and Butthead being up here, but Pinocchio is probably going to take the cake here. It's one of the only two nominated that I've seen. It's really well made. It's also my personal pick out of the ones that are nominated. However, my favorite was probably a tie between DC's League of Super Pets, because I I'm a biased pet owner and Apollo 10 and a half. It's very wonderful comfort entertainment. So those are my answers. Uh, back to you, Tanner. Joe, would you change your mind on five nominees if I told you the fourth place finish was Lightyear? Ooh, that stings. Yes, I would, actually. <laughs> Austin, how about you? 
judging by the internet's reaction to stuff, I'd say Puss in Boots has this trophy stolen already. I'm a sucker for stop motion and bashing fascists, though, so Pinocchio's what I'd pick for this award if it were only me in charge. My personal favorite of the year was also Apollo 10 and a half, because I've always loved learning about life in the 60s, and it was unique watching a movie with such low stakes. Tim, how about you? Um, I think Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio has a good shot of winning this one, and it would definitely be my pick out of these choices. But my pick for favorite of the year is Phil Tippett's Mad God. It's definitely an acquired taste, but as someone who loves weird avant-garde horror stuff, this is a great treat for me, and I have to deeply admire the 30 years of master craftsmanship in the film. Totally Mm. fair. Uh, So, my answers for two and three are actually going to be the same. Even though this is not actually the thing I put in first place on my ballot, but as of today, I'm going to say my favorite animated movie of last year was actually Turning Red. Uh-huh. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio came in very close, but there was just something about Turning Red and uh, the general story, Sandra O's oh performance in the screenplay that I think just made it appeal to me a little bit more. I could really go either way with either one of them, but Turning Red is among Pixar's best movies, and while I love Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, I don't think I would put it amongst his best movies. Hmm. But, what won our second annual award for best animated feature? Drumroll, please. <laughs> Uh, most of you nailed it. The winner is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, pretty well-deserved, well-deserved win. I did love that movie. It's probably going to win the Oscar itself as well. Better than hot chocolate. What a model Italian citizen. <laughs> My dear father. Moving on to best visual effects. And the nominees are Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Nope and Top Gun Maverick. Austin, as the VFX guy of the group, we're going to start with you. I mean, this award could go to everything everywhere. Considering relative to available budget, it's almost as impressive as Way of the Water. But as a VFX guy, what they did on Way of the Water was totally unprecedented at this point in history, and it does deserve the award. Avatar is also my personal favorite. I am still amazed. James Cameron synthesized such a spectacle twice. Fucking devil magic, man. Absolutely. Tim, how about you? Um, I think it's safe to say that uh, Avatar is a shoe-in for VFX. It's a tremendous achievement in VFX that the entire crew, including my cousin Matt, should be very proud of. But my vote here is for everything ever all at once. Uh, It's a movie that really punches above its weight in the VFX field. It's extremely impressive that a team of seven VFX artists were able to make that movie. Absolutely. Joe V, I don't even remember what you put, so how about you? Avatar has to take this one. It took them 10 years to make this goddamn movie. It looks fucking incredible. This has to be it. Top Gun Maverick is probably the only one that could give it a run for its money, if we're being fair. But like last year's award show, replace Dune with Avatar. It's Avatar. Come on. Send the trophy to Matt already. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, All great answers. Uh, My picks here are once again the same. The best VFX in a movie last year for me was Avatar The Way of Water. Ten years in the making revolutionary new motion capture technology and water and you can tell every second of it it's a gorgeous movie the vfx is world shattering though everything ever all at once was admittedly a close second like tim said punches well above its weight but what won this award for best vfx in a motion picture drum roll please in a surprisingly tight and close race the winner is avatar the way of water 
but I will tell you, Everything Everywhere All Once did give it a good run for its money. Damn. I'm glad Disney didn't throw $250 million down the train for nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they wanted, our award. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's their validation. All right, moving on to Best Cinematography. And the nominees are The Batman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Nope, and Top Gun Maverick. Tim, as the resident DP of the group, at least the one that's here, uh, what say you? Um, I think the Fablemans will probably win this one, but once again, my vote is for Nope. The cinematography in Nope is extremely impressive. It's one of the best-looking mainstream horror movies I think I've ever seen. We don't deserve the impossible, but Nope delivers it. Great answers. All right. Uh, Joe V, how about you? All right, so this is a tough one because I can't quite put my finger on the general consensus for cinematography this year. So for what will win, I'm playing it safe and I'm saying everything everywhere all at once is taking this. But for being more intimate in its shot choices, the Fablemans is the one I want to win. Though my personal favorite this round, I actually forgot to put it on my ballot, but I'm going to go with Ambulance for making drone shots look fucking fast paced and goddamn incredible. It's Michael Bay's best looking film in years. Back to you, Tanner. I was Respect the ambulance pick. Austin, how about you? For all the fighting and the, the wacky camera tricks, I think everything everywhere is taking this statue. Nope might deserve it more because it was a more spectacular Spielberg-style movie than the actual Spielberg movie that came out this year. My personal favorite cinematography of the year is Bardo, A False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, which is an awkward honor to give out considering everything else about that movie is sort of dog shit. Back to you, <laughs> All right, so my answers for what should win in my personal favorite are once again the same. It's going to be The Fablemans. Like Joe was saying, it's very intimately shot. I thought Kaminsky's best work was last year with West Side Story, but this year, I think I like his work in The Fablemans more. Every shot in that movie just sort of blows my mind, and it makes it feel so much bigger and smaller than every shot is. It, it feels like a walking contradiction in just how beautiful it manages to be, but I absolutely adored it. But... What won Best Cinematography this year? Once again, another close race, but the winner by about 10 points was Nope! Oh! It was well shot. Fucking first horror movie in IMAX. Yes, very well shot. Tim, I'm sure you're happy about that one. One-eyed, one-horned, flying <laughs> purple beat bleeder. I agree. Absolutely <laughs> eloquently stated. All right, moving on to our last award before the ad break. We're going to go to Best Comedy Film. And the nominees are The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onion A Knives Out Mystery, and Weird. The Al Yankovic story. Joe, I'm going to start with you because you've made your preference in this category known high and far as far as you can take. <laughs> yeah, um, th this is probably going to everything, everywhere, all at once, even though I think it's slightly cheating because that film literally covers every genre. Hmm. It's almost like it's in the title or something. However, <laughs> the one I want to win and my personal favorite is weird. The Al Yankovic story, probably the best straightforward comedy movie ever made in a decade. Probably the best parody film since Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story. I genuinely do not remember the last time 
I laughed that hard at a comedy film. So, of course, I got to support the film about my childhood hero. Back to you, Tanner. Austin, how about you? Everything Everywhere is taking this award. You know that crowds love that Rakakuni payoff. And it probably deserves it, too, against this specific list of nominees. Although I also loved Weird. The most that I laughed at a movie this year was probably White Noise. That shot of Adam Driver with the tinted glasses making college students watch Hitler footage had me absolutely rolling. <laughs> I think I need to see this now. Jesus. How about you, Tim? I think weird will and should win. It's a gut-busting breath of fresh air in a time where pure comedy films seem to be becoming much rarer. But my favorite comedy film of 2022 is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I think it's a very funny look at a fictitious, neurotic version of Nicolas Cage. Um, his chemistry with Pedro Pascal is incredible. They're so funny together. I love love seeing Pedro Pascal as just the big Nicolas Cage nerd that he is in this movie. Um, and the drama in the movie never detracts from the good time I'm having with it. All great picks. Uh, for me, my answers for two and three are going to be the same. Even though Everything Everywhere All Once is probably my favorite movie in this category, my favorite comedy for me was actually The Banshees of Sharon. And it's actually for very personal reasons. I can't say on the show. Let's just say it resonated very personally. But... The winner for best comedy film is... By a pretty decent margin, the winner's got to be everything, everywhere, all at once. It's second win of the night. Not surprised. And just like that, the award was sucked into a bagel. For those of you who are keeping track at home, Nope is currently leading with three wins, and Everything Everywhere has two wins. Will that uh, hold true after this ad break? I don't know. But check out this ad break. Bread. Welcome back to the Bomb Squad Award Show. We hope you enjoyed that ad break for another ad break. Do you like colors? Do you like movies? Do you like canvas? Well, if you like those things, go ahead and go to moviepalette.com and order a movie palette of your own. That's right. You're going to get your own little canvas board that has the primary color of every frame in a movie sliced up into little bits into this fine art piece. Go ahead and add something to your cart. But before you place that order, go ahead and enter the code SQUAD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's right. That code again is SQUAD15. And now back to the show. And now back to another fun category. Another acting one. We're going to be doing best actress in a supporting role. The nominees are, and there are six of them because of ties, the nominees are Angela Bassett, Wakanda Forever. Allow me to make this right. Make it right. I do not know if my daughter is alive or dead. Perhaps we are being too hasty. Mm. She raised a spear against her own husband for Wakanda. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit if she wished mine. It's with the ancestors. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world. And my entire family is gone. Have I not given everything? Jamie Lee Curtis. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Do you see this? You don't get one of these. Unless you've seen a lot of bullshit. Excuse my French. Now you may only see a pile of boring forms and numbers. But I see a story. With nothing 
but a stack of receipts I can trace the ups and downs of your lives. And it does not look good. It does not look good. Carrie Condon, the Banshees of Inisherin. It's about one boring man leaving another man alone, that's all. One boring man, you're all feckin' boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all feckin' boring! I'll see he doesn't talk to you no more. Do. Else it'll be all four of them the next time, not just the one. You're not serious. But that won't help your feckin' music. Michelle Williams, The Fablemans. Stop shouting at her! Sammy Fableman, god damn it, for weeks now there's been nothing but disrespect from you! Disrespect? Why are you being such a little shit to me, David? To hell, I'm your mother! I wish you weren't! Ah! <gasps> Sandra O, oh, turning red. I'm scared it'll take me away from you. Me too. I see you, Mimi. You try to make everyone happy, but are so hard on yourself. And if I taught you that, I'm sorry. So don't hold back for anyone. And Stephanie Shu, everything, everywhere, all at once. Can't let you do that either. See, I don't think you understand the meaning of that word. Back from ad break, we're gonna go with Austin. Uh, Stephanie Shu is taking this one, hands down. She blew it out of the water as Juju to booty. No disrespect to Angela Bassett, but Stephanie was just given more moments to shine. She's also my personal favorite. I loved watching her annihilate security guards with fourth dimensional Bugs Bunny fuckery. Tim, how about you? I'm going all in on Stephanie Shu. Uh, her performance as Joy slash Jobu Tupaki was enthralling, hilarious, and gutting all at once. She's one of the best parts of an all-around great film, and I can't wait to see what she does next. All right, Joe V, how about you? Firstly, this category gets a Mom's Rock Baby from me. Uh, secondly, I think Michelle Williams is walking away with this one for Aww. her very layered performance as a mother who loves and supports her son, but isn't perfect and is a complicated person. It's the performance we all talked about, aside from maybe Angela Bassett for her powerhouse performance in Wakanda Forever. It's gotta be her. The only person that rivals that lovable yet complicated kind of performance wasn't even nominated and is my personal pick, Dakota Johnson in Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Maybe not as good as Williams, but Johnson brings more vulnerability to her performance over Williams, but that's just a personal observation. Those are my picks. Back to you, Tanner. All fair picks. All right. For me, uh, this may surprise people considering how much I love everything everywhere at once, but my personal favorite supporting performance of the year was also nominated. It's Michelle 
Michelle Williams and the Fablemans. Now, I will say she is nominated for lead at the Oscars, but that's category fraud and incorrect. Gabrielle LaBelle is the only lead of that movie. Uh, Michelle Williams gives a beautiful, nuanced performance that's very emotional, very moving. I thought her movie was really the glue that stuck the movie together. At least some of the glue that stuck the movie together. It's a Spielberg picture. It's a pretty perfect on a technical level. And Michelle Williams was a big highlight of the movie. But what won our second ever actress in a supporting role bomb squad award drum roll please once again it was a pretty big landslide because the winner is stephanie Shu in everywhering everywhere all at once yeah it was a good performance it's organic <laughs> i do want to say shout out to sandra O. Oh, our first ever animated performance to be nominated in an acting category that's pretty cool mm-hmm. cheers Moving on to best film not in the English language, which may be the most overlap we have with this specific panel. But the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Decision to Leave, and RRR. Tim, we're going to start with you. You want my three answers? Here's my three answers. Rise, roar, revolt! Yeah! It's RRR all the way, baby. This film may have its baggage, but holy shit, it's just an absolute blast to watch every time. It's the fastest the three-hour movie's ever felt, and if that theatrical re-release comes anywhere near here, I'm there. I'm there opening night, baby. (laughs) Joe V, how about you? All right, let's make this quick, because my answer to all three questions is what the third film of this not-yet-trilogy should be titled. RRR, RRR, RRR. How on earth is this one not taking away the award? The film that swept away the entire world and took us on one of the biggest thrill rides of the year. S.S. Rajamuli should be proud of all he has accomplished with this film. He's taking home the gold and dancing the natsu-natsu all the way home tonight. Ready, aim, shoot. Take the gold. Back to you, Tanner. Not to Austin, 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 you go. Uh, This had better go to RRR or I'm going to find Governor Scott and load, aim, shoot him again. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing hit the international market this year like RRR did. I'm convinced it opened the door to Americans seeing more blockbusters from India coming to local theaters. It's incredible a blockbuster with musical numbers was ten times better than a remake of one of the most famous anti-war films ever, but that's the magic of S.S. Rajamouli, baby! Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the streak doesn't stop here because what's my personal favorite out of these nominees and what's my personal favorite overall? R! 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 That's right, baby. By far my favorite foreign language movie of the year. It's an absolute blast. It rocks your socks off. It rocks all your clothes off, honestly. It has great musical numbers, dance numbers, fantastical action set pieces. And at the core of it, it's ultimately a story about friendship, which, quite frankly, that ultimately appeals to me really hard. But does our general voting body agree with us? Let's find out. The winner for best film not in the English language is... Are you kidding me? It's R R R. Not to, 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 not to. Probably the easiest category for us to predict. Not the biggest landslide, but I mean, come on, guys. A, a lot of people gave me ballots where the only foreign language movie they saw was R R R. If you're gonna see one foreign language film, see the one that James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, Edgar Wright, the biggest directors in the world, recommended. Come on. Moving on. Uh, if you remember last year, I was forced to combine our screenplay into a single.
single category. But this year is not the case because the next category is going to be Best Adapted Screenplay. And the nominees are The Batman. Let's talk about the billionaire with the lying dead daddy because at least the money makes it go down easy, doesn't it? Glass Onion. It's so dumb. It's so dumb, it's brilliant. No! It's just dumb! Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Take your glory, son. Shoot the puppet! Top Gun Maverick. Trust your instincts. Don't think. Just do. You think up there, you're dead. Believe me. And women talking. Who are any of you to pretend I have had a choice? Those are our nominees, and Joe, we're going to start with you. Top Gun Maverick set a new gold standard for legacy reboots and told a fantastic story to boot. So I think this one's taking the cake. However, the Batman also set the gold standard for how Batman movies should be told and is yet another example of how great comic book storytelling can be done. So I'd love to see that one go home with the gold. My personal favorite, however is Pearl. Ty West and Mia Goth should be up here just for the fact that they cranked this bad boy out fast while shooting X. It's masterfully written for a film that was made so quickly. Back to you, Tanner. All fair picks. All right, Austin, how about you? I think hidden in the famous red envelope are the words Glass Onion. I think Glass Onion has this in the bag. Pinocchio is a strong story, but Glass Onion is that fun puzzle box J.J. Abrams spent his whole career trying to make. Personal favorite again was White Noise. Just because I'm impressed somebody got a hundred million dollars to adapt a Don DeLillo book and managed to not crash it like the Hindenburg. Tim, how about you? I think Glass Onion will win this one. My pick, though, is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Del Toro took a very famous and familiar story and absolutely made it his own in a very impressive way. Go watch our podcast on it to hear more. Back to you, Tim. All right. So for me, it's going to be the same personal favorite and of the nominees. It's got to be Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Ryan Johnson is an incredible director, which makes it all the more impressive that he's an even better writer than he is a director. This movie is so funny. The mystery has you on the edge of your seat. The thrilling elements are thrilling. It's truly just a masterfully executed screenplay with some of the best dialogue you'll see in a movie all year. But what was the winner for best adapted screenplay? The winner by a pretty wide margin is Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. (laughs) That's fair. This is what happens when you buttress your expectations, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Movie good. All right, moving on to our final genre movie category. We're going to be talking about best action movie, and the nominees are Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, RRR, and Top Gun Maverick. All right, Austin, we're going to start with you. Here we are again with Everything Everywhere about to claim another one of tonight's genre trophies, even though RRR is the ultimate action experience and deserves the trophy for having superior person riding another person's shoulders hijinks. RRR is the Terminator 2 of this year, my personal favorite action movie by a long shot. Tim, how about you? I think this one's going to go to Top Gun since it's a more mainstream 
mainstream blockbuster action movie, but my pick is absolutely RRR. The action in that movie is some of the most fun action I've ever seen in anything. <laughs> Hollywood needs to get on to Hollywood's level. That's, that's all there is to it. Absolutely. And Joe V, how about you? This is Top Gun and RRR's fight all the way, baby. So much so that I can't decide what's going to win. Maybe RRR based on its reception among everyone here, but Top Gun was a blast to see in the theaters and had the best action in a movie I've seen all year, RRR being a close second. So that's the one I would want to win. However, my personal favorite uh, is the one every one of you fuckers slept on here, Ambulance. Arguably the most fun I had had watching a movie all year in the theaters, one of Michael Bay's best films, those fucking drone shots, Donnie Darko screaming at people. It's an absolute blast from beginning to end. Those are my picks. Back to you, Tanner. All right. So uh, for me, my picks for personal favorite and my favorite of the nominees are the same. It was close. While I like RRR as a movie overall, I found the action sequences in Top Gun Maverick to just be more appealing for me personally. Those aerial combat scenes were just breathtaking and seeing it at the St. Louis Science Center Omnimax Theater, while Tom Cruise turned into a wide, humongous bulb in front of me, was really just an immensely satisfying experience. Plain shooting shit is cool, what can I say? That's my personal favorite. But what won our award for best action movie? Can I get a drum roll, please? This is tense. Load! Aim! Shoot! Oh! SS Roger Mooley, he's gonna not to not to all the way home tonight, I swear. Brace yourself <laughs> for ROM. It was a close race between these two for me. I could have picked either one, and it was a close race in the votes, too. For the longest time, it was Top Gun Maverick, but the last two ballots I got put RRR ahead. Deservedly so. Fuck yeah. All right, our next category is Best Original Screenplay, and the nominees are The Banshees of Inisherin. Do you know who we remember for how nice they was in the 17th century? Who? Absolutely no one. Yet we all remember the music at the time. Everything, everywhere, all at once. How everything is just a random rearrangement of particles in a vibrating superposition. The Fablemans. I don't know. I ought to have my head examined. Am I supposed to feel bad now about all that shit we did to you? Do you feel bad? That's none of your goddamn business. Nope. This dream you're chasing, the one where you end up at the top of the mountain, it's the dream you never wake up from. And turning red. You are her pride and joy, so act like it! Tim, we're gonna go ahead and start with you. I am going all in on everything, everywhere, all at once. This film tells a very meaningful story that explores both high concept and personal family dynamics very well. As wacky and zany as it gets in places, there's a purpose behind everything in the film, and it's a story that just about anybody can connect with. All right, Joe V, same three questions. Everything Everywhere All at Once is taking this. It literally crams in what its title implies and creates something cohesive and beautiful out of it. If anything else, I'd love to see the story of Sammy Fableman get the gold, but it's hard to top a fantastic script by the Daniels. My personal pick is we're all going to the World's Fair for taking creepypasta horror, mental illness, isolation and loneliness, and making a very personal and intimate horror story out of those elements. A script I related to and loved greatly. Those are my picks. 
picks. Back to you, Tanner. All fair picks. Austin, how about you? Again, I think the web of multiversal drama, everything everywhere strung together is winning at this award. Perhaps Banshees might deserve it more for being a really excellent allegory about how the trouble started. But for me, Tar had the best original screenplay. The way that movie depicted high society music people wrapped up in a freaky Me Too scenario had me captivated the whole time. That movie made me feel stupid, and I respect that. All good picks. Uh, Get ready to hear what I'm about to say, because you're going to be hearing it for every category through the rest of the night. But my personal favorite and what I think should win is once again the same. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Like Joe was saying before, it crams in every single aspect of the title in perfectly while delivering these wonderful emotional moments, excellent comedic beats, and being an honestly pretty well-paced story with really gripping and incredible dialogue. But... What was the winner for Best Original Screenplay? Can I get a drum roll, please? You all nailed it, guys, because the winner is Everything Everywhere All at Once by a wide margin. The second place finisher could have gotten eight first place votes and still lose. Multiverse of Madness can suck a dick. Moving on to Best Director, and the nominees are Daniels, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Jordan Peele for Nope, Ryan Johnson, for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, and Todd Field for Tar. Joe V, we're going to go ahead and start with you. Not only did the Daniels write a cohesive and beautiful story that gives you everything, everywhere, all at once, but they beautifully capture it on camera, too. The details in each universe, the believability of the actors, the way certain shots are framed and put together in the narrative. They sailed this ship into the sea to perfection, baby. Spielberg, though, gives us his most personal film yet, though, and makes his best movie as a result, so he's the one I want to see take home the gold for the Fablemans. Personal favorite though, in any other year, Ty West should be up here for Pearl, bringing back the slasher genre and putting more thought and effort into it than most of those films usually get. And honestly, that's something that's worth celebrating. So back to you, Tanner. All good answers. Austin, how about you? This trophy's probably going to Sir Stevie Spielberg out of respect, but out of these noms, I think Todd Field deserves the prize. It's no secret I'm a tar head at this point. Taking Kate Blanchett through that whole range of emotions and creating a world that feels so close to our own was a massive achievement for a dude who hasn't made a movie in 16 years. I'm impressed. Tarhead is what the bullies called me in high school. Tim, how about you for best director? I think Spielberg is going to win this one. Um, definitely deserved, but my vote for this category is for a director whose work was inspired by Spielberg's. That's right, I'm going with Jordan Peele. Mm. In an already impressive filmography, Nope was a great step forward for Peele that showed that he can take on bigger projects, and I can't wait to see what he unleashes on us next. Great answer uh, for me. Again, get used to this because the answers for should and personal favorite are the same. It's the Daniels for everything, everywhere, all at once. A masterful screenplay that, like Joe said, they also executed perfection with wonderful performance out of the actors, excellent pacing, and beautifully framed shots that just I cannot help but stop thinking about. All that combined with the wonderful visual effect work and the wonderful sound work mean that the Daniels really uh, steered this ship to perfection and the final product shows it for all it's worth. But what won this category? Drum roll, please. 
Joe, I'm surprised you're the only one that nailed it because the winner is Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yet another category that Everything Everywhere won where if you combine the point totals for all the other nominees, the Daniels still would have more. I mean, they lived up to the title. They earned the gold. Moving on to our third to last category and another real fun one. Best actor in a leading role. The nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis. So they cut my hair, they put me in uniform, and they sent me away. I killed my mother. And ever since then, I've been lost. And when you're lost, people take advantage. I need you fellas to help me get back to who I really am. And who are you, Elvis? Well, sure as hell ain't somebody who sings Christmas songs by a fireplace for an hour. And what does the Colonel think? I don't give a damn what the Colonel thinks. Brendan Fraser for The Whale. And she's gonna be okay. I need to Mary, go. she doesn't I have to go. have anyone else. I need to know that I have done one thing right with my life. Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inisherin. Yet the music of a man who lived two centuries ago. Yet she says like he's English. Come on, Boric. I don't give a feck about Mozart or Borvalvin or any of them funny damn feckers. I'm Boric Suluan. And I'm nice. So you'd rather be friends with this fellow, would you? Fellow who beats his own son black and blue every night that he's not fiddling with him. I never told him that, that he's, he's just drunk now. You used to be nice. Or did you never used to be? Oh, God. Maybe you never used to be. Daniel Kaluuya for Nope. They said it was a prop playing or something that killed Pops. That shit ain't never made sense to me. And tonight I heard a ghost make a sound I ain't never heard a horse make. What did you see? Hmm? That's big. How big? Big. What'd it look like? I don't know. It was fast. Too fast. Too quiet to be a plane. OJ, are you saying what I think you're saying? Gabrielle LaBelle for The Fablemans. All right, that's why you did it. You want me to feel like I wanted you to be nice to me for five minutes. Or I did it to make my movie better. I don't know why. You are the biggest jerk I've ever met in my entire life. I have a monkey at home that's smarter than you. You dumb, anti-Semitic asshole. I made you look like you could fly. And Ram Sharan for RRR. Do you know? Desi Nach. What's Desi Nach? Polam got to Dumulo, Napot, like it, Taduki, not to Polera, Majatara, Lopotara, Jugina. 
Those are our six nominees, again, because of a tie. Austin, we're going to start with you. I actually think the panel might be giving Colin Farrell the statue here. Banshees was a pretty respectable character drama. Although, in my personal opinion, he can't hold a fucking candle to Austin Butler as Elvis Aaron Presley. That's right, I'm biased. As a member of the League of Austins, I'm here to advocate for the advancement of our name. And Butler did just that, delivering a stunning portrayal of the king of rock and roll. Tim, how about you? I think this one's going to go to Fraser, though I haven't actually seen the whale and can't speak for it. My vote is for Ramsharan all the way. His performance was incredibly captivating from start to finish. Absolutely love watching him in the movie. Just never seen a dude that cool before. Back to you, too. <laughs> oh, man. His uh, fans are going to love that answer. Joe V, how about you? I'm assuming this one is going to Austin Butler because it was a great performance that everyone can agree on and in a non-divisive film. The one I want to win and my personal pick, though, Brendan Fraser. Again, this is the year of the comeback, and he came back big, delivering a raw, emotional performance that felt very tailor-made for his acting abilities, and he delivers it to perfection here. I'm happy he's back, and I hope to see him not only win all the gold, but continue working in big movies again after this. Those are my picks. Back to you, Tanner. All right, great answers. Uh, For me, the answer same for two and three Gabriella Bell and the Fablemans really just such a magnificent wonderful performance and I can't imagine it was easy when you realize that you're essentially playing Steven Spielberg as an actor the pressure on you has to be immense especially if you're doing it for Steven Spielberg but <laughs> I really think he nailed it he handles those emotional moments beautifully he handles the coming of age pains really well and I think it was a wonderful performance of my favorite leading male performance of the year but what one Drum roll, please. In the most shocking win out of all of our categories, the winner is Daniel Kaluuya for Nope. What the fuck? I mean, it was a good performance. I'm not going to complain, but that's interesting. I remember being shocked when this happened because it was a close race. I mean, he only won by two points, and the second place winner was four points ahead of third place. It was a shock. Wait, Tanner. Tanner, what's a bad miracle? Is this a bad miracle? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Daniel will think it's a good miracle. Tim, it was your favorite movie. Maybe not your favorite leading performance, but this has to be pretty cool, right? It was. He was definitely sold it in Nope. Um, so happy to happy to see him get this win. Yeah, very shocking win. It's Nope's fourth win of the night. Interesting that the most quiet performance out of all of these actually wins it. It was big. I think what this means is that our panel is a uh, enlightened group. All right, moving on to our second-to-last category of the night. It's going to be Best Actress in a Leading Role. Once again, because of ties, we have six nominees, and those nominees are Anna Cobb. We're all going to the World's Fair. No. Paul. What did I do to you? What should I do to you? Kate Blanchett in Tar.
Okay, Herr Schaum, bitte. Janelle Monet in Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Nobody stepping up? Raise your hand and say, I saw him take Duke's gun. I saw him that night at Andy's house. I saw the napkin before he burned it. We didn't. We, we didn't. You would lie for a lie, but you won't lie for the truth. Kiki Palmer in Nope. And now, did you know that the very first assembly of photographs in sequential order to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Look it up. Now, I know you guys know Edward Moorbridge, the grandfather of motion pictures, who took the pictures that created that clip. But does anybody know the name of the black jockey that rode the horse? No. Nope. I mean, the very first stuntman, animal wrangler, and movie star all rolled into one, and there is literally no record of them. Mia Goth in Pearl. At least that's what it felt like to me. You didn't want it. You just wanted to stay here on our farm, and that made me so angry. How could you? I'm certain you knew I hated it. He must have. How could you be so selfish and cruel after all I've done to make you happy? And Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once. And why? No matter what, I still want to be here with you. A lot of great nominees here, if you ask me. But Tim, we're going to start with you. I think Michelle Yeoh is going to win this one. And again, absolutely deserved. But my vote is for Mia Goth and Pearl. While X was a fun, raunchy horror flick, uh, Pearl was a more impressive undertaking for Goth, where she really got to show some impressive acting shops. Mia Goth, you're a star, and the whole world's going to know your name. Back to you, Tanner. Fuck yeah. All great answers. Austin, how about you? Oh, no doubt in my mind, it's Michelle Yeoh. Kate Blanchett deserves the award more from my point of view, but Everything Everywhere took audiences by storm in a way that Tar just didn't rival. Tar is my personal favorite. I think Kate Blanchett delivered one of the best performances of the year. There's a reason people on Twitter make jokes that Lydia Tar is real, and that's because for two hours and 38 minutes, she was as real as you or me. Joe V, how about you? Oh, Michelle Yeoh is taking this. It's really no contest here. So I'm going to talk about the one I want to win, Mia fucking Goth. Her big star-making role, a role where she juggles all kinds of raw emotions and delivers them to perfection to the point where we hold on a shot of her face for nearly 10 uninterrupted minutes straight. That's how fucking good her performance was in Pearl. Anna Cobb is my personal pick, though, for a very quiet and subtle, nuanced performance of a young 
lonely girl losing her mind and having mental episodes. But that movie isn't for everyone, so I understand it not winning. But I love seeing that she got the support and love to get nominated. So those are my picks. Back to you, Tanner. Uh, this may surprise you guys, but it won't. Uh, once again, my picks for favorite and uh, should win are the same. It's Michelle Yeoh and everything every all at once. My favorite performance by an actor this year, though Kate Blanchett's performance in Tar was a close second. If Kate Blanchett did this in almost any other year, it'd be by far my favorite. But Michelle Yeoh handles action. She handles comedy. She handles emotional family moments. And it's really just such a wonderful performance for an actress that has been long overdue for the chance to do something like this. It's a well-crafted, incredible performance, and it's why it's my personal favorite. But what won? Drum roll, please. Now, I did the math. This is by far the biggest landslide of the night other than Best Picture. The winner is Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. We did it, Hell right? yeah, baby. We did it, Reddit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That is uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once's uh, sixth win of the night. Pretty impressive. It was well-deserved. What else can we say? The way she did laundry and taxes, she deserves the fucking award. Don't try and take the award. She'll fight you. She learned to fight like Waymond, and she fucking did it. <laughs> That's right. All right. Now, it's time for the biggest award of the night. Best Picture of 2022. We got ten wonderful nominees here. And they are in order... Babylon, The Batman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Nope, RRR, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Wow, what a list of nominees we have here. So Joe V, we'll start with you. Will win, should win, personal favorite movie of the year. We all loved it. Tanner loved it the most. The best picture is going to everything, everywhere, all at once, baby. Mm -hmm. The Star Wars for this generation of new filmmakers, it's going to change everything as we know it. The one I want to win, though, might be its only real competition, and that's The Fablemans. Directed to perfection, the best thing the greatest living director has ever made. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that one, but I won't complain if the Daniels take this home. My personal favorite was We're All Going to the World's Fair, pandemic filmmaking at its finest, a fantastic and personal horror story, but understandably not a movie for everyone. Hence why it's not up here with all of these wonderful films in Babylon. Back to you, Tanner. Tim, how about you? I think Best Picture is going to go to everything every all at once, but uh, my vote is for Nope. I and mean, I've been talking about Nope all night, so I'm just going to end it by saying it again. Nope is dope. Damn straight, son. Austin, how about you? Will win, should win, personal favorite movie of the year. Ow, it hurt my fucking legs hopping on the bandwagon. At this point, I'm thinking everything everywhere all at once is running away with first prize. It's, it's one of the most <laughs> memorable, cool sci-fi movies since the first Matrix. In a perfect world, though, that would be RRR, my personal favorite movie of 2022. I am a cynical 28-year-old who has seen thousands of movies and RRR was the first time in a while I felt that unbelievable spark. No shame to everything everywhere, though. Tonight's final victory is going to a banger of a movie either way. Absolutely. So this may uh, be a surprise if you've been falling asleep for the last 50 minutes, but my pick here and my personal favorite of the year is Everything Everywhere All at Once. 
I saw that movie with Joe early. He can attest to this. I walked out of that theater and immediately said, I think that's my favorite movie ever. Yes, he did. And I still feel that way. It's a masterpiece of the highest making. It feels like it was designed in a lab to appeal to me specifically. I love it. Swiss Army Man is the movie that made me want to become the filmmaker, and the Daniels followed that up with my favorite movie ever. I'm really excited to see what they may do next, but for now, everything every all at once is a special, special movie. But what one? We're gonna go from 10th to 1st place here really quick. Oh boy! In 10th place was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio with 37 points. In ninth place was Babylon with 44 points. In 8th place was Tar with 45 points. In 7th place was The Batman with 46 points. In 6th place was Top Gun Maverick with 48 points. In 5th place was Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery with 63 points. In 4th place was RRR with 70 points. In 3rd place was Nope with 89 points. Damn. So that means there are two movies left. The Fablemans and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, God. (laughs) And the winner for our second annual Bomb Squad Award for Best Picture by a whopping total of 199 points. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. This movie won by 109 points. Damn. The Fablemans had 90. Everything Everywhere had 109 more than that. Yes, sir. It got about 27% of all the points in our nominees. Last year, it was a close race between Spider-Man and Licorice Pizza. This year, the sweep was obvious. It went all the way. Seven wins. What do you guys think of this one? It's, It's a deserving... I don't know. Morbius was better. I just got word. Guys, I counted it wrong. The winner's Morbius in every category! Yes! Everything went to plan. It's Morbin time, baby! Poop my pants again, poop my pants again. But wait, guys, I actually just got word. I have another award here. It's for the best fans in the world. And the winner is you! The person watching slash listening to this second ever Bomb Squad Awards show. If you are listening on any of the audio platforms or on, thank you also very much for listening. Go ahead and leave us a review, rate us five stars, whatever, and hopefully boost us in the algorithm. If you are watching us on Spotify video, we hope you enjoyed this uncensored Bomb Squad Awards show. How about you mosey on down over to our Patreon, throw some money our way. We're going to be launching some actual incentives here soon. And if you are watching the second annual Bomb Squad Awards show on YouTube, thank you. Oh, 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 so very much for watching. Go down to the comment section below and let me know. Do you think everything ever all at once deserved it? Do you think all the winners were well-deserved? Did any of them surprise you? And what was your personal favorite movie of the year? What would you have placed first in that ballot? Comment below and let me know. Hit the like button so we know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button so we know how much you love us. And hit the bell icon so you can know exactly when we upload new videos. Tune in next week when we cover the first Marvel movie of 2023, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium. That's going to be a fun one. It's having some mixed reception to be kind. Apparently High Top Films hasn't seen it. Yeah, so what do we think? (laughs) Tune in next week to find out. Thank you again oh so very much for tuning into the award show. Good night! Movie magic. I'm going to do cocaine! (laughs) (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-